Welcome to Sustainably Influenced, the podcast, hosted by me, Bianca Foley. And me, Charlotte Williams. In this podcast, we explore our efforts to making changes to our lifestyle as influencers, to live a more eco-conscious lifestyle, and hope that we can encourage you to make one small change. This isn't just a podcast for influencers. We want this to be a community of people who are trying to do their bit, where we can learn from one another and share our tips. So join in the conversation over on our Instagram, at Sustainably Influenced. Did you know that in the UK, the average woman is thought to use more than 11,000 disposable menstrual products in a lifetime and sanitary products are the fifth most common polluter of Europe's beaches? Ella Deich is an environmental activist who started a petition in 2018 to remove plastic from menstrual products. Her award-winning campaign is leading to significant changes in the period industry and has so far saved over 17 tonnes of plastic annually. She is influencing manufacturers to make real changes and councils to spend their period poverty funding on eco-friendly products. Working tirelessly, Ella is dedicated to making a positive change happen for people and the planet. And in the middle of all of that, she's joining us today. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for being here with us. Obviously social distancing, but... (laughs) 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 I always feel like you need to say that, but otherwise people... (laughs) So I guess for anyone who doesn't really know you or what you're about, if you could tell us about yourself, your journey and how the End Period Plastic campaign came to be. Sure. So hi, I'm Ella. I'm an environmental activist campaigning to remove plastic from period products. Thank you so much for the opportunity um, for being on the podcast today. It's really great to speak to you. So prior to starting my campaign, I was working a regular day-to-day job as a postal worker for Royal Mail. Mm -hmm. When I started to notice the amount of waste being disposed of each week on my route increasing. Now this was just a few streets in Cardiff, but it made me think about it on a national scale. Mm. And it also made me reflect on my own consumption. So I started to make switches like using a reusable bottle instead of plastic bottles and washable makeup wipes instead of disposable ones. And I was feeling super positive about the swaps that I was making. But then all of a sudden, out of the blue, my period started and I began to notice for the first time the amount of plastic waste I was generating just on one menstrual cycle. Yeah. And I don't think it's an area that we really speak about a lot as women um there's definitely that taboo so all of this made me do some research online um and I was really shocked to discover that conventional tampons and pads we're using every month can contain up to 90% plastic 90% up to 90% plastic what yeah that's a really staggering amount I actually didn't expect it to be that whoa I would have never thought it was 90 or up to 90 percent yeah most of it is nearer that top end that's insane okay it is isn't it it's such a hidden plastic that Mm. we we don't think think about at all um you know they're used for four to eight hours disposed of and then take over 500 years to break down because of that plastic content that's over seven times the average lifetime of the person using them. That's insane. Oh, that is just, when you put it into perspective, that's just wild. This is why we you know, know you have to, yeah. though. Like, I did the research and I was like, how much of an average 
lifetime is that um so yeah it, it helps put over 500 years into a tangible yeah. <laughs> amount of time um but yeah I was really horrified about this because you know you get latched onto a product at such a young age yeah. because of you know period education in the UK I don't know if it's the same as you experienced but I was given branded menstrual products at a young age as a sample and told use these when the time comes and then we're so (laughs) consumer-led that starts the cycle and then you don't question it again it's not somewhere you spend five minutes looking at your different choices so after I found out about all of this I spoke to the people around me and I was expecting them to know but they reacted in exactly the same way and that concerned me even more I went into my local supermarket to get an eco-friendly option. I looked up and down the shelves, across, left to right, but there was no options. It was either plastic or plastic. And that really (laughs) bugged me because if we haven't got a choice on the shelf, how can we truly make a decision about what we buy? We can't. Yeah, we can't. You're right. You can't. You literally can't. That choice isn't there. So you're never going to think about it again. And you're never going to question it. So I switched, I made the switch to eco-friendly products and I carried on, you know, life working as a postal worker. I just carried on. But then because it's such an open-minded job, you know, you're walking down the street, you're delivering mail. It's not a nine to five office job where you're replying to hundreds of emails a day. So it gave me time to think. And it just frustrated me and didn't make sense that if small companies can make them without plastic, then the big brands can too. And there's no excuse for them not to. So I kept thinking, what can I really do as a postal worker? You know, I can't really make a difference. But I'd seen the success of other online campaigns like Laura Goryton's End Tampon Tax. And it really compelled me to start one of my own. So I did. And I took a stand against period plastic. And it kind of went viral. I wasn't expecting it, but it went mad pretty quickly. So it gained over 100,000 signatures in about the space of two months. I was very overwhelmed, (laughs) to say the least. That's Um, fantastic. That's epic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it it wasn't something I was expecting at all I sort of expected to start it and then grow with it but no it just went big quickly um the campaign addresses the issue by calling on manufacturers and supermarkets to bring it bring about change by removing plastic from their period products now this includes tampons pads tampon applicators wrappers and packaging the whole lot so you know, the plastic pollution conversation is so dominated by items like bags, bottles and straws. Yet, as you said, they are the fifth most common item found on Europe's beaches. Now, to put that into perspective, straws are number seven. So they're actually found more than plastic straws. Okay. And everybody's always in uproar about straws. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So it just goes to show how much of a global issue it is. Right. Yeah. And they're the content is completely unnecessary and the impacts are avoidable, which is why it's so important to stop it at source. Mm. So the campaign has been going really well. 
it is leading to significant changes in the period industry. It's led to three of the decision makers stopping the production of their tampon applicators and they've also responded by starting to develop their own eco-friendly ranges, which is fantastic. Amazing. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. It's, it's just, it's, it's so great That's to hear. Cool. <laughs> it's, something, Thank you. Such, it's such a young campaign, really, when you think about yeah. it. Short space and time has been a huge amount of change. Oh, that's so wicked. Um, you, you touched on, just a little bit earlier, a period poverty, which is something we hear about a lot, but... For those who don't know what it means, could you just go into what period poverty actually is? Yeah, okay, sure. So period poverty affects thousands of individuals each year all over the globe, including those at school, those that are homeless, refugees, and simply those that can't afford them due to financial reasons. Now, I don't know about you, but of course, this is completely wrong and shouldn't be happening anywhere in 2020. That people are missing out on their education just because of an actual cycle. It's, it is wrong. Um, so that's what period poverty is. And there are a lot of campaigns out there that have been calling on governments to make these products freely available at schools. Um, mm-hmm. Campaigners like Amika George and charities like the Red Box Project have successfully campaigned for that to happen, which is fantastic. That's fantastic. If you think about it, that when it comes to your period, something very natural that happens to lots of people around the world, why is there so much problem with it? We have products that are ruining the environment. We have products that are really unhealthy within us. Because yeah. I was thinking... That 90%, up to 90% number you gave, I haven't used um, plastic tampons in a very long time. I actually don't have regular periods because of the contraception that I'm on. But when I do, I use, um, I, I like the brand On and I, I use On um, tampons. But I use them more because of the, um, the lack of bleach and you know them being organic and natural because I'm very much about putting natural things on my body and not putting like bleach within inside my body i think that's yeah totally (laughs) when like again it's the perspective of it and you're like why would i put yeah as soon as i found out exactly years ago i was like huh sorry um but so naturally because i i use um you know menstrual products that are from like a younger brand that are a little bit more you know clued up on this subject they don't have plastic um so but i haven't really thought about the whole um plastic size to the extent because I was thinking about my body but if you just think about there's so many things to do with our periods that are really fucked up and ruining (laughs) there there are there are a lot of problems around menstruation and I think that is one of the things that really hits you you know when you just see one problem and you start tackling that one problem you you then become aware of so many other things there are so many problems and like you said the health impacts i mean we know the environmental impacts of plastic but we don't know how much of an impact this is having on our bodies for such a long period of time i mean it's an intimate place it's very absorbent what what impacts is that having yeah for, yeah. for all those years we don't so know because the research um, needs to be done yeah exactly there's a lack of research in it and there's so so much conversation i guess to be had to with younger people about this and to really? 
educate them with what they're putting inside their body because yeah. as you said we're just given I don't know what it is like now because you know I haven't had sexual education for a while but <laughs> it's been a few years but um, <laughs> when we were younger it was just like this is what happens watch a video here are some products and then you just use the products that you get shown and you maybe that mm-hmm. your parent uses and just goes mm-hmm. on so if they aren't educated in this kind of problem then you don't really have a hope so that's actually quite worrying yeah. um yeah yeah definitely these big brands are certainly engendering brand loyalty as soon as possible as well you know offering free samples at schools getting that in early so that you're then going back to it again and again for years and years so yeah that's 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 pretty much what happened to me going back to when you were talking about the bleach and putting not wanting to put bleach in your body feet I'm lucky enough that I've known that for a long time and that's partly the reason why I would never use tampons because I was too scared ah interesting interesting first of all I don't really like them anyway I like them yeah yeah but um it's also more that I just I knew that there was bleach and I thought I didn't want to have that inside me so I was like a alternative at the time when I was younger but now there's so many more things that we can yeah use and we'll go into that a bit later yeah um so I want to talk about stigma menstrual our menstrual cycles periods they have been a stigma for many a year um it's something that people still to this day can't talk about even like I when I was when I first started working like in a proper job office, um, I remember I had this friend who I worked with and she was Greek and just really like, I'm, we're on video, so this is doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> really like chilled and relaxed and like go with the flow. And I, I group messaged like the whole office of women and said, does anyone have a tampon? I've just come on my period. And she was like, oh yeah, I have one. And she literally just strolled over to my desk with it in her hand and just gave it to me and I was mortified and at that age I must have been like 22 23 so I was like a a grown-up but (laughs) I was taken aback shocked that she'd shown the whole office that she had a tampon in her hand and I was like so embarrassed and she was like I don't get it what's wrong and then recently I was in my office um earlier this year and someone asked me for one and I did what she did and I could see how mortified the person was that um I gave the tampon to and I and I was just like well I'm 13 you're older than me and you still have this stigma and I don't have an issue with it but that's because you know times have changed but it's still very clear that a lot of people have an issue with talking about being on their period like it's natural it happens I don't understand but I guess the mentality hasn't changed yet it's clear and we're in 2020 um so my question to you is, how are you opening up that conversation so that young people all over the UK feel more empowered to open up about the topic? Yeah, so as you were saying, you know, the shame and stigma around periods is still something that's very ingrained in our society. It is changing and over the past few years with the conversations surrounding period poverty and the environmental impacts of our periods is definitely helping to open that conversation. I find for me that when I start to talk about the environmental impacts or this contains this amount of plastic, did you know that they're the fifth most common item found on Europe's beaches? 
it helps to get people talking about them. So they're mm. talking about the environmental impact and then they start to talk about what they use. So it's like you're going from the the impact at the end to what you use and then talking about that and your experience. Whereas I think sometimes if you just jump in at what do you use, yeah. it it sort of stops people. They're like, that's quite a personal question. Absolutely. But if you go from the environmental impacts to that, or you talk about period poverty and that, it really does start a ball rolling and you get so many conversations that you never thought you were going to have, which is fantastic. So, I mean, I get emails, messages every week um, asking me about different products or that different people's experiences and which is fantastic because when I first started it I didn't really have that so it's I think because my platform is such a a loud space where I talk about periods whether that's period poverty and funding or or environmental impacts it definitely helps people engage with what they use their experience and also opening that conversation to the people around them too which is what I really encourage because I can talk forever in a day about periods. <laughs> I literally do. Um, <laughs> if if you've got somebody close to you and you bring up that subject with them, they're much more likely to listen and get more engaged with you on the subject than they are if if I just post something. So it's it's such a powerful way of of getting people to talk about it. Um, again, a lot of things are, are down to marketing. So when we were talking about our first experience of periods, I remember all the boys being filed out of the room, them, yeah. you know, them doing all these uh, faces in the, <laughs> in the in the windows, and you know, making noises like "oh, periods," um, and getting <laughs> getting lined up out of the room, and then we were just sort of given this model of you know the female reproductive system and they were pointing at it this is what you use and that was it and they were like you know you can put them in your pencil case or in a pouch or something so that nobody sees them you know don't talk about it don't show anybody them and then nobody will know you're on your period what's wrong with people knowing that you're on your period like (laughs) what is the problem with that and it's from that young age and your relationship with that first conversation which then leads to all of this wider taboo. You know, you've, if you're like that from a young age, you're going to be like that when you're, when you're in your 20s. It's, yeah. it's just that ingrained behaviour that we have in society where we literally don't want to say it. Yeah. I mean, people literally don't say vagina. Yeah, I know. You know, they tiptoe around the word, don't they? <laughs> to say it. <laughs> yeah yeah and I've got um so I remember once when I was delivering at Royal Mail I I was on my period and I had this guy that needed to sign for something and I got out what I thought was my pen but it was my tampon and I handed it to him and I was like oh no (laughs) oh it's the sweet sorry I gave you that and then I handed him a pen instead and it's that like why why are we apologizing why are we making excuses it's the natural part of us yeah it's like we can't help it you know it's just something that happens it's always happened 
let's just get over it now, shall we? In 2020? Mm. Yes, definitely. It. <laughs> it's all um, about secrecy around the subject. Yeah, I then really don't like snowballs. I even remember as a child, my like my family are really open. Um, but I vividly remember um started I started my period really late. Um I was 15, 16, so and most of my friends are cute. Yeah. My sister started, sorry to out you, Rihanna, but my sister started really early. So we started, she's five years younger than me, so I think we started at a very similar time, um, which is really weird. But um, yeah, I remember being in the bathroom and kind of like putting on a sanity towel. And then I left like just a little bit, do you know the bit, the, the sticky bit at the bottom? Yeah. Just, that must have like, I left it on the side um, by accident. And my dad was just like, called me into the bathroom and said like you need to like get rid of that but he said it and my dad is like the coolest dad like he's not a like a conservative strict man but even <laughs> he was like you just like if you're gonna this is your period and you're gonna have it just make sure that you like keep everything you know how where it needs to be and it was kind of like put it away and I was that's that, that was my education on that I was like okay cool so I can't this isn't something that I need to share I guess that's what he, he grew up with sisters. So he was very aware of what periods were like, but maybe that's how in his house, they also kind of communicated. I don't, I don't know. I have to ask my aunts, but. That's interesting, isn't it? Even, yeah. even with open parents. Yeah. It, it's, it's still there. Yeah. It's, my it's going to take a long time. Yeah. They're more, they're like, he's my, I've never spoken to sex about my sex with my dad but my mum for example is very open with sex and maybe more so than she would have been about periods which is really an interesting idea I think yeah because again we get more education at school about sex Not and what contraceptions <laughs> to use yeah. and, S- and the STDs that we could get yeah um than we do about something that is literally affecting us every month yeah yeah it's even for me I was just Mad. gonna I was going to say on the back of what Charlotte said, I, my whole thing at home was I grew up, my older brother lived with us and he was super cool with, uh, with anything. It's like my brother, I'd be lying on the sofa, like I'm in pain, I've got nothing. And then he'd run out, get me paracetamol, get me pads. And for him, because he's also a parent, he understood. So he was like, it's okay. But my dad didn't live with us and my mum was very much more like very reserved about it. And she's like, this is a private time. And I wonder if it is something about a generational thing, mm. the way that they were taught as parents of their age groups and how they've been mm. to kind of deal with, to deal with periods. And like, even yeah. to, my mum, my mum is awful. If anybody puts any sort of wrapper in the bathroom, in the bin, she's livid. Like to the point that you've got to go and put it outside of the in the rubbish in the middle. Oh yeah, she's really like she's proper hardcore about it. To this day, I don't think I would ever have known that my mum had ever had a period. <laughs> she's oh, wow. like super private about it. Interesting. Wow. I, I think it definitely <laughs> goes back to that generational education. Yeah. Um and what they've experienced, how their parents have been, and then it carries on, doesn't it? Um, but maybe a bit more watered down than, than, than it being the same, because my parents were quite open about it. Um, and I remember even though my dad's, 
you know completely fine and open I will literally be like no dad you don't have to like put my clean period pants on the um <laughs> clothes thing I'll do it myself I don't get it. it's like why it's like it's a period just thinking I don't ever remember I, I vividly remember seeing tampons in my house but I don't ever remember my mum in my whole life being on her period I know she did period that's really interesting. <laughs> I'm like we had we definitely had tampons in our house but never did I hear my mum ever talk about being on her period which is weird because when I was younger I had really bad periods um like I used to get really bad period pains so um I would get uh be off school quite a lot because like at least two days of the month because they were unbearable and my sister has endometriosis so she's like constantly struggling um so we are quite vocal about our periods but my mum's like never said anything I'm just I need to call her after this and be like mum <laughs> you do your periods did you definitely have <laughs> um but yeah that's this is really funny it's like brought out a whole new conversation um so on now we've been talking about tampons you know for last <laughs> many half an hour or whatever um but you know we've now we have access to you know tampons with cardboard applicators and we've got menstrual cups and um tampons with applicators that are like separate to them that you can keep you know forever um and there are so many different um like alternative sanitary products out there i'm quite traditional in that i use again i don't have very many periods but when i do i use um the same tampons every month i you know i found ones that i like but we'd be really interested to hear and you've actually given us the um the way to segue into this and I haven't done it that way but uh, to hear what you use um you know as your um sanitary alternative or if you're quite traditional because you obviously have access to so much more information than what we do yeah so it I think when when I became aware of this issue I I went online and I was looking at all the different options that were there and prior to the campaign there were no no alternative options in store but now thanks in part to it there is that representation on the shelves for eco-friendly versions of pads tampons and menstrual cups but we also do need that reusable option for people that can't use internal products like tampons or menstrual cups for whatever reason that is whether it just doesn't suit them or if they've been through something like fgm or whatever it is we we do need choice available on the shelves to make it accessible to everybody so it's fantastic that we're starting to see that and there are so many options out there it's i think it's it's an area that hasn't seen much innovation really because we've all been stuck on these big brands that we haven't used our money for anything else so there's been no point in in them looking at other options yeah so there are like eco-friendly tampons and pads that avoid plastic they're just like your regular uh big brands but without the environmental impact and then you've got reusable products like menstrual cups cloth pads period pants and the reusable applicator as well which is quite new and it's fantastic it's brilliant that we're starting to see these personally i i'm very open about all these different choices there are a lot of people that say people should just use menstrual cups but this is such a personal choice 
yeah you can't tell people what to use it's without judgment you know everybody is completely different which again is why we need all this choice available to us for me i use period pants they're like my go-to i absolutely love them because <laughs> I, I can I just cut them on, on and that's it <laughs> yeah i recently i think i've been using them this will be my third month using them and i loved them so much that i went and bought extra pairs because especially on lockdown i feel so much more comfortable i'm able to wash them out and change to a new pair if i want or like just oh i'm just i'm over the moon and i feel i actually feel more comfortable which is nice in a weird sense i, I think i had to get over that initial feeling of oh my god i've leaked that and then what's yeah yeah definitely it's such a curve isn't it you're like yeah it's fine there, there's so many <laughs> different styles available now i remember when they first came out they were some ugly looking granny pants <laughs> <laughs> I <was like> boy <laughs> you still want them to look pretty like nice underwear so that they're more like inconspicuous but yeah i'm over the moon with mine i think um yeah i've just i've got loads of different ones now so they're different absorbency levels which is great so you can have certain ones for different days of your period which is great but i, I am i'm now a big convert and i just i love it i love them yeah i love them so much and i i think they're such a great option unfortunately they're not uh affordable yeah. for everybody um but i think the more people that buy them um will mean the price comes down yeah exactly. also um i use disposable eco-friendly pads as well so mm-hmm. if i know i'm not going to be at home i will use an eco-friendly pad rather than period pants just because i know i'm not going to be near a washing machine or able to to wash them in the way that they need to be yeah and and that's that's another thing about all these products is that you can use them in conjunction with each other. So if I know that I'm going to be out for 12 hours and my period is medium to heavy, I'll put a disposable pad on my period pants, use that yeah. for part of the day and then take it off and use the pants. And then I oh, don't have smart. to change pants. OK, that's smart. That's and I'm, I'm going to do that when we start going back outside. I'm going to order <laughs> more um, of the eco friendly pads as well there that's a good tip thanks <laughs> um, really good so I guess um going back to talking about the campaign and getting to know a little bit more about that I guess what do you think have been the biggest wins and the biggest obstacles of the campaign obstacle wise the first year was very difficult I I was finding my my own voice as well as doing the campaign because I had no former campaigning experience. I started it as a postal worker. I was finding my feet with everything, seeing what worked, what didn't work, learning as I go, and I still am. But that first year, the hardest part was getting the decision makers to take me seriously. I think they thought I would go away with their long emails and excuses but unfortunately for them, I didn't. And I kept coming back time and time again. But that persistence as well as the campaign's continued momentum and the thousands of supporters that continued to get involved with campaign action meant that they had to listen. And it's led to so many fantastic results. Fantastic. It's just great to hear. Like we mentioned earlier, it's a really, really young like just is what two years old three years old 
yeah it's just over two years old so I started it in February 2018 so it's so young that's so fresh off the ground and you still managed to achieve so much in such a short time but it just shows that if you have the like, I guess not always but if you have the passion for something and the drive then you can just get get things done um yeah you were obviously really persistent <laughs> but yeah you've you needed to be and that's what we need we need people who you know the only way we can make change is through passion and finding the way to get in and just like not stopping so I really commend you for that for just like yeah, definitely. thank you doing it. I think but you know before I started it I very much didn't want to have to do anything I thought that someone else would sort it out I was a bit maybe a bit lazy in that thought process um but I think we all just think somebody else will do something about it because you know it's the right thing to do but unfortunately for us if they're not challenged they won't change if they don't know that this is something that needs to be changed how how will they do it also um you know I I was an individual I didn't think I could do anything but you know, it kept irritating me. Um, and I just kept thinking, you know, if I don't do something now, in in 40 years time, I'm going to look back and be so disappointed in myself that I didn't do something about it. And I think that's what really, really pushed me to, to, to do it. So I, I started it. And I think the, the overwhelming positive support from all of these people all over the globe has continued to empower me to push even harder for change because the campaign represents so many people and so many people are, are, are hungry for this change to happen. And it just goes to show that people power works and we really can make a difference if we raise our voice. And that's what I would say to anyone. If you find something that's bugging you, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Raise your voice, stand up and take action for it. Oh my god I love yeah. it I love that <laughs> and for the podcast but we've not <laughs> that's so great we, we definitely get a sound bite of that <laughs> yeah I was gonna say that make a great quote get great sound bite I'm like I'm ready I've got the content <laughs> um, so we will end it there because you've given us so much information to go on but um something that we ask all of our guests um is to give us a challenge um, every week that is to do with sustainability or kind of conscious living so do you have a challenge prepared and if so what would you like us to do <laughs> yes so I was going to challenge you to have a plastic free period but okay. you're already on that <laughs> so what I'm going to challenge you to do is to raise this conversation with five people around you to make them aware of plastic and period products okay definitely I will do. yeah <laughs> yeah I'm really happy about that challenge because off the back of me talking about the period pants I know a bunch of people that have ordered them so I'm oh, really happy yeah. the conversation with others which would be nice so, yeah. that's why it's, it flows so well it's kind of like you know when you had all those really cheesy um nights with like the body shop and you'd all talk about all the different options that you're trying well if you if you speak to your friends about it and I know we can't have nights like that now but raising all these different options 
it actually makes you excited for your period or well at least it did for me and um you know you often find a a product that is even better for you Mm -hmm. that just suits your your life better than the conventional products that we've been given from a young age and that's how I feel about period pants and I swear that my period pain is so much less from switching from conventional to uh, natural products as well I said that last month did you yeah and I had I've had two months of completely plastic free because I've been at home and yeah strangely enough I said that last month I didn't realize I was coming on I was just sitting there I was like (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) and I have I'm like how you were when you were a teenager Charlotte I have excruciating pain Mm. I don't want to speak to anyone I need to lay in a dark room I'm like just held up in a ball yeah that's how I was my boyfriend laughs because he always says to me, he's like, you look like some sort of burrito just wrapped up in the team. That's why we've all done that. We've all done that. We've all been there. We've chocolate or something as well. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing that makes it better. But so I, I can touch you on that one. It is definitely, I've noticed a change in the pain and even just, I, I think how I am going into it, like I used to dread it. And I think where mm. I feel more comfortable when I'm on my period, I don't, I don't, I'm not worrying and I'm not dreading that experience. It shouldn't be something that you hate because you have it for such a long time. But yeah. 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 It changes the relationship that you have with it. And I also think when using reusable products, especially if you've tried a, a menstrual cup or something, it makes you more in tune with your body as well. Which, which we don't do because we're so shamed of everything that we don't want to touch it. We don't want to see, have blood on our hands. We end up flushing products down the toilet because of shame, you know, up to 2.5 million tampons, 1.4 million pads and 700,000 panty liners are flushed down UK toilets each day. That goes back to education and stigma and but also access to bins in, in bathrooms. Mm. Now, now that then, of course, is going into the marine environment. It goes to the sewage system. They can't capture it all, enters the waterways, gets on our beaches. Now that then, because they contain all this plastic, it then breaks down into fibres and particles. And that can enter the, the food chain from the bottom up. They've even found period pad plastic in crabs in the River Thames. And that's the first link from these products to an animal. Because so often you can speculate, oh, yeah, all these things will be swallowing it. And they're found in, in whales, this, that, and the other. But until you actually have that scientific research, you can't yeah. say that they are. And through research, it has been shown. And that's, that's a pretty new paper. But, yeah, that's shocking. For me, I mean... I, I wasn't surprised because I knew about the problem and it also helps link this to how serious this is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. Oh God. Oh, I left you oh, on a bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good I didn't to find the point. 
sometimes I feel, I feel like it's better to end on a really impactful point rather yeah, than no, definitely. so nice <laughs> so um where can we find you uh on social media and on the internet to learn more about what you're doing yeah so you can sign the petition by going to www.change.org forward slash plastic free periods I also got my own website www.elladage.com and I'm on Instagram at Ella Daish, Twitter at Ella underscore Daish, and I'm on Facebook as well. Perfect. Amazing.